Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special bonus content we've got for you today. We are Alice and Lucy from the Labels Podcast. Uh, we have been working in conjunction with Versus Arthritis uh, for a um, to raise awareness of their ca- campaign, The Painful Truth. Um, so for this special bit of bonus content, we have got Joe Hemmings, who is a psychologist. He's going to talk to us about how the representation of um, chronic illnesses and pain or lack of it affects um, uh, people's perceptions of what it's like to live with pain. So hello, Joe. Hello. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Joe, would you like to explain a little bit more about the Versus Arthritis campaign, please? So the, this Versus Arthritis campaign is really there to come up with some sort of document or or suggestions for TV so that it makes it easy for them to be able to bring in more content and storylines about people who are suffering chronic pain, particularly from arthritis. Uh, but not solely arthritis, because it's just one of these very neglected areas of TV. I think they had a survey which was said out of 100 hours of TV, there were only six minutes actually referring to anybody in pain. And so I think what it means is that people who who are suffering chronic pain feel misunderstood, they feel a bit stigmatised, they feel a bit left out, that they're not part of an everyday drama or a soap, whatever it may be, where, you know, there are so many people who do suffer, but they're just not represented. And that just makes them feel that they aren't, that it's not very inclusive. So they're coming up with Mm. a proposal to, you know, to enable, to help TV, if you like, uh, to sort of pull these storylines into some of their uh, programmes. I think that's a, I think that's a really, a progressive idea to actually be saying okay instead of saying this is a problem you need to fix it actually kind of providing guidance on things that they can do you know because it is it is difficult i think for people outside of the disability community people who don't experience you know chronic illness and pain to kind of comprehend how it may impact a person's life. So I think actually, you know, offering some guidance and and producing yeah. something that says this is this is what it's like and this is what you can do is you know, it's a lot more useful than just kind of going, well, this isn't fair, why aren't you? Yes, exactly right. And I think that's how they got to that point. And I think, you know, where some disabilities are reasonably well represented on TV. Uh, certainly cancer, you know, there's certain illnesses, mental health illnesses are quite well represented. The one thing, you know, that really, really isn't is that constant. So it's not acute pain, which sometimes you see, but it's chronic pain, the sort of pain that, 
I, you know, literally dominates people's everyday lives. I mean, interestingly, um, Eamon Holmes have been talking about it because he's yeah. in chronic pain and he was, you know, really suffering from it. And he decided he would, you know, go on this morning and talk about it. And I sort of tweeted him, we sort of know each other from, from doing TV and, and sort of promoted versus arthritis. You know, I said, look, you know, <laughs> they, these are, and other people came back to me and supported, said versus arthritis were a great organization agreed that it wasn't well represented and i think he's done quite a lot to open people's eyes he retweeted me so it got a lot of traction for them which i think is important because i think again when it's been on tv before even if it has been part of a storyline it's sort of almost neglected it's just yeah one of those things that you know you know take a couple of painkillers or whatever it's one of those things you've got to put up with and people don't have much empathy towards it and therefore not much understanding towards it so the thing that really sticks out for me there joe is that when you're talking about the representation of chronic pain that either has been or you know up until this point it's either you know you take a few tablets and then you're all right or you go to the other nth degree of um, i'm thinking about um izzy in coronation street she's got um she's got a disability and obviously as a result of that they explore the chronic pain that she was in due to a disability and she was trying to get hold of it i think it was cannabis and she got in trouble with the police and got into all sorts of trouble and you know there was a threat of prison so it's either really dramatic or oh i'll take a few tab i'll take a few uh, tablets and i'll be absolutely fine um there's no sort of in between sort of how i really manage with this pain without you know threat of arrest exactly that so it's it's on it's unhelpful for people because that is what people have yeah. to do. They have to learn to manage their pain. And it's not to say they won't be taking painkillers, but there are other ways of learning to manage your pain and seeing it, you know, in a TV story just raises awareness. It always does. I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to get involved with them uh, versus arthritis is because I have Crohn's disease. And one of the side effects of Crohn's disease can be mm. really bad arthritic flare-ups i mean so bad uh, it would take me 20 minutes to get down the stairs on my bottom because yeah. my feet and hands <laughs> and ankles have swollen up so much so i you know even when i told people i had that they, they just think you're in a little bit of oh you'll be hobbling a bit you know i literally couldn't move so i sort of you know it's you don't want to sort of you know it, you know i'm very lucky it's not something i have to live with on a permanent basis but when you get a flare-up you realize how extraordinarily different it does feel and it's just one of those you know yes people sometimes do have to live with it sometimes there isn't anything that can be done medically um you know in, in any way with painkillers or psychology or whatever and, and it is something they have to tolerate but we we need to know that as, as a nation we need to be able to see mm. that that is how an awful lot of people live their lives doesn't mean they lose their sense of humor doesn't mean they do something illegal doesn't mean they have breaks from that pain you know it just it's all about inclusivity i think and it's one of those areas that just is not covered properly and i think you know in terms of the psychological impact that having that kind of representation has on people you know i know as a disabled person myself seeing other disabled people on tv and you know out in the media 
it makes you feel seen by society. Oh, absolutely. It makes you less of an alien when you yeah. go out in yeah. society. So, um, you know, I can I can understand particularly when chronic pain quite often comes alongside, um, you know, with other invisible disabilities. Uh, you yeah. know, arthritis isn't always a very clear, visible issue for people. So having that space on something like a soap, you know, or a, a TV series yeah. to explore the the length and depth of the kind of issues that people with chronic pain experience, it's a missed opportunity for, you know, an interesting piece of storytelling as well as having that hugely potentially positive impact on uh, this whole sort of community of people and it's it's also learning to accept it for yourself it's, it's it is that exactly as you say it's that feeling if it is represented there is a sort of reassurance in that you know the other thing that they tend to do on tv when they do talk about the chronic pain from arthritis is only show really old people um and of course, there's a lot of younger people that have um, arthritis and do get extreme pain from it. Again, that would be really good to put in. It's not just an elderly person's condition. And But we look at the stereotypes, unless those stereotypes are broken and we see a, a look into a life that we may not know. We may not know anybody who has it, but when we see it, and particularly, I think, in a soap or in a drama, and it's not and it's given a positive viewpoint you know people do get on with their lives they do manage to do stuff um but they are in pain just getting that balance right mm. as, as you said lucy so it's not one extreme or the other if you want a bit of you know illegal drugs <laughs> and you need it for your pain you know ending up in a police station probably isn't <laughs> hugely helpful to anybody no no i mean well, you know i have cerebral palsy and so I have a lot of pain because I'm quite, I sit still quite a lot. And so when I do move, it hurts because I've been sat still for so long. And the amount of times when I say, oh, you know, I've got a bit of pain and I'll go, oh, have you tried seated yoga or CBD oil? Or and I'm like, <laughs> yes, I've tried CBD. And it does work to a certain extent, but it doesn't, it's not like all of a sudden you take a CBD tablet and all of a sudden, no, I'm fine. You know, I can bend and it's, uh, it's quite, and, but I think as well, soaps have a, have a, it's not like watching a panorama documentary, is it, about chronic pain, where it's very, these are the facts. With a soap, no. you've got the perfect opportunities, kitchen sink, you know, this is what real life is like. You've got a perfect opportunity there to go, it's not all facts and figures, and it's not as daunting as it sounds. You know, it, you, you can live a full life with chronic pain. Soaps are the ideal platform because they're not... We're watching it and we're seeing whether it's a mixed race couple or whatever it is, things that just become automatically everyday and acceptable. And you're not psychologically, you're not necessarily conscious of that, but it's getting into our heads. And so we don't look at people perhaps oddly or strangely because we're now used to it being part of our favourite you know, long-running soap opera. Because it's long-running, you quite often have that opportunity where I think a lot of dramas, you know, you see a lot of films where the entire film is about a person's experience of X, whether it's, um, you know, racial discrimination or coming out as LGBTQ+, plus, uh, you know, those sorts of things. With a soap opera, you have the opportunity, you can, you can have 
if you feel it necessary to have that first arc of this is what I, this person's chronic pain is like, this is how much it rules their life. And then they can move on and have other life yes. events and things that happen. Absolutely. But you've already made that groundwork yeah. and you can still weave in the impact that it has. I think it also encourages people to seek help. Yeah. I think it actually, um, and it's been shown statistically that with anything like this, you know, when people have had breast cancer, for example, on TV, that has increased the rate of people who have checked themselves, gone for mammograms. Um, so we know that from other um, conditions that it has made people think and perhaps do something about it where mm. they may have just felt, oh, you know, it's it's just one of those things I have to tolerate. Um, and, and I think it's really important that we get that message over without forcing it on people. It's sort of, it's implicit and it's just gently woven in. Mm. Um, and as, as you say, Alice, having a, that person doing a job or whatever it is, having a love life, you know, don't, don't stigmatize them and put them out in a place where they can't have any of these things because they've got chronic pain. That would be even worse because mm. that's just going to kind of create a greater stigma around it. And I think for me and Alice, I, I, I don't know whether I speak for you with this, Alice, but I think a lot of people who don't understand blindness or cerebral palsy or any kind of disability, they often think that we must be so sad because our lives must be lacking so much because we can't walk upstairs or because, you know, Alice can't read a book. Well, actually, Alice loves reading books and, you know, and it doesn't really matter that I can't use stairs because, I, you know, it's not to us we've grown up with it it's not a big deal yes absolutely so it's right not, yeah. it's not all encompassing we we've learned to adapt our lives to okay i might not be able to read a book but i can get a kindle that's got different print sizes that kind yeah. of thing i mean thank goodness there are things like that exactly. i mean it's not having Crohn's disease i mean if i know i'm going somewhere and i'm having a bit of a flare i'll just have to chow down on a couple of emodium but <laughs> if i can't you have a card that I carry around with, like you know, again, it feels a bit awkward using it. You yeah. know, going to the front of the queue, going yeah, for your music festival or something back in the days when we used to have them. <laughs> um, there would be times when you need to go to the and you can't wait no. 10 15 minutes in, a, in line and you've got to show this card. Mm. And you know, I've always had people being respectful, no one's ever said anything, but you know, again. I, I'd like a storyline built around people who have that sort of thing. You know, mm. I know we're talking chronic pain in this instance, but again, you don't, you don't hear about that. And it's, you know, it, like a lot of disabilities, it will never go. It mm. can't be cured. I will live with it for the rest of my life. Uh, it has its moments, it's bad moments, it's good moments. And, you know, these things are just not, they just need to be woven in. Yeah in a in a clever and engaging and positive way i suppose that's the thing is because ultimately disability is only ever one aspect of a person's life and experience yes in terms of the sort of psychological impact of kind of that that representation um of you know and, and being seen and being your issues being portrayed and reflected in the media can you sort of tell us a little bit about what the the impact that has psychologically on people who aren't represented or who feel kind of underrepresented or, or wrongly represented well that's a good point because they're both as bad as each other really uh, it makes them feel marginalized mm. it makes them feel that you know unsupported uh misunderstood bit freakish 
you know i mean if you're not there amongst the, the mix of people that we that we meet in everyday life if you're you know they feel left out it just makes them feel very marginalized or that it's not significant enough or to, to, to be part of something and it i think in part it makes people put up with it when they don't have to it also raises the idea that you know, if they see other people and what they've done about it, they will do something else. And I've spoken to a lot of people recently with chronic pain who, sad to say, seem to have been turned away quite a lot from hospitals and consultants who said, well, we can't do any more for you. We're not quite sure what it is or what we can do. And I'm going, go back and be persistent. Mm. You know, they just don't accept. You know, I know the NHS, bless them, I love them, I've worked for them, but you know, they've been very under pressure over this last year. And probably there are consultants who have said, yeah, you know, this isn't the right moment to be dealing with it because we've obviously got, you know, people dying around us. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that when things level off a bit that they won't have more time for you. And I think that's really important for people to know mm. that this year has been difficult for anyone trying to see a medical practitioner on any level yeah. um so now we're hopefully you know coming to the end of this this is the time to go back and say no i'm still in this pain um and you don't want to be on vast quantities of very addictive painkillers the answer no. is not to say keep taking more no um because they in themselves psychologically you know that dependency you're just swapping one issue for another really and i'm not against painkillers by any stretch no. and against them when they're very strong and you're taking quietly you know more than you've been prescribed or for too long a time because it's just masking symptoms that that may have another way of yeah, sort you of feel you know, right. and actually better. you're not you're not very healthy at all just because it's masking the pain isn't it really it's that kind of I well it is it's swapping a physical pain <laughs> for a psychological one exactly basically. yeah, yeah. I, I do have to take painkillers for my pain and things like that but i'm not i don't like if they said like oh we'll give you a strong painkiller to help with your pain at night for instance so i can get some sleep i don't want to be so medicated that i'm out of it the next day and not able to function yeah properly. exactly so it's finding that right yeah balance it's it? a balance and a good consultant a good doctor will do that yeah. for you will find that balance so you can sleep at night but you don't feel groggy i think it must be really hard though because you know when you're in pain and i get sort of migraines but my pain is it's I think it's a different kind of pain um you know it it can be absolutely all-consuming and yeah. so I can also on the other side of it understand that if somebody's saying to me look I can give you a drug that will knock you out and you just won't feel it I can absolutely understand people yeah. who feel as though they have to fight as you say just to get down the stairs you know people who have to fight to get themselves from bed their bed to their commode or something and that is all of their energy and it's a huge amount of pain i can absolutely understand if somebody says to you it will knock you out but it will stop pain i can it's i i can appreciate why people you get it and i get it too it's just i suppose i don't want it to be so masked on such a long-term mm, level yeah, that actually that means that people have got off lightly in the medical profession they haven't really looked at another way yeah your pain might be alleviated perhaps yeah. it's some sort of exercise or whatever it might be but of course i would never say to someone 
you know, you should suffer that pain. Don't take a painkiller. <laughs> that would be what would be the point? I'm just being cruel and, and unnecessary. And I think you know, one of the things that would be good if you you saw more representation um, in the media and thing is that it would give kind of characters the opportunity to explore these thoughts and feelings, and then the person sitting at home might then feel more able to sort of say actually you know I haven't realized that I hadn't I hadn't been aware how much of an impact this was having on me I hadn't known that there might be a middle point where I can take a medication that will help me sleep but then I'm not so groggy the next day that I can go out and work or whatever it might be I think there is a group in society who are in pain who are like I don't know I don't want any medication at all because I don't want to be seen as quote-unquote pill popper you know what I mean constantly mm. popping pills and, whereas if they see the representation of no if it's managed properly and you are you know under the care of a, a consultant or a doctor or whoever it is who understands you because they are out there yeah um then you, don't, you don't have to be a you don't have to be a quote-unquote pill popper you know you're not constantly thinking when's my next dose you know like follow it, follow it listening to that like that I'd watch Coronation Street for that story. That sounds really interesting. You know, a person whose pain is perhaps progressing and they're exploring their different medications and they're finding that they found something that helps with their pain, but it's having an impact on other aspects of their lives. That sounds like ideal soap opera material to me. (laughs) It does, absolutely. And there should be characters like that in there who, yeah, because it shows people that there are, a variety of ways of coping with it you know there are devices you can get you know things like tens machines but you you need to know about these things someone needs to tell you about them and and it might just work for you and it might not and if not try something else it's probably at the end of the day for most people a combination of various types of exercise possibly some sort of device painkillers reassurance um positivity you know being able you know the having things in your home that make life easier for you to to manage adapting your environment to suit your needs and you then you do you you've got the best you can be with what might be a very long-term condition and that's what i want to see on telly i want to see people who've adjusted to it who are not just neglected mm. um or they have it in one episode continuity sometimes isn't great and then the next minute they haven't got it anymore where did that go <laughs> oh yeah it's like when people have strokes for for a month they've got like a fallen face on one side and all of a sudden a month later they're absolutely fine and you're like absolutely yes they were pre-stroke <laughs> there's no kind of like getting back to normal and that you know these things are really misleading because that's yeah. not what happens and i think mm-hmm. i think to a certain extent it's quite lazy because it's not like they've got like six episodes in a series and the series finishes and then that's it a soap opera is on constantly you know three times a week it's it's not they don't go we're going to stop here but six months and we'll come back to it they've got enough time to go yeah let's tell this story and you know it's not like this well and it's interesting character development and stuff, yeah. isn't it it's, and i yeah. think sometimes as well actors forget them <laughs> they're meant to have a stroke like they're I, oh yeah i meant to have a stroke six weeks ago i'm actually i'm fine you know you know it's uh it doesn't make me laugh 
I read a thing with um, that Hugh Laurie said that after playing house for what was it six or eight years, um, he kept finding himself walking around with a limp <laughs> and had to sort of go. I don't actually, I don't limp. I'm, I don't have this trouble. I'm up to them fine. It's all right. I'll walk it off. It's all right. <laughs> so, is there any evidence that that shows that um, representation on television and in films and things like that for stuff like disabilities and chronic illnesses? that it not only helps the person who's got the disability or chronic illness, but it helps understanding for non-disabled people that, you know, maybe would never ordinarily come into contact with a disabled person or somebody who's got chronic illness, maybe. Yeah, I think so. It also helps people who actually do live with someone who's got chronic pain or who... Uh, they know very well, you know, perhaps a relative mm. or another family member. And I think the, the trouble with anything that's chronic is it tends to be long term. And so you sort of don't want to make a thing of it. So you sort of push it to one side and you forget that that person is still struggling because it's been going on for a long, long time. And it's not something that needs urgent treatment or can be, you know, you can't go in and have a quick op and come out and be skipping around the streets. So I think it, it helps, it helps people to be more aware and not to forget that this is a long term thing for people. Mm. And just, they don't ask about it after a while, obviously, because no. it's something that you, that you live with and it's not like, you know, they say you can feel better in a few days. Um, so I do think it's very useful. I mean, there have been a number of uh, instances, not just in, you know, in real life. I think when, um, you know, Jay Goody, for example, mm. when she had tragically died with cervical cancer at a very young age, um, you know, the amount of girls who went and had checks, you know, it just... I can't emphasize enough how important it is if handled well. And that's the point of the um, versus arthritis sort of document they're providing for TV is to make it as easy as possible for them to slipstream a well-managed character and storyline mm. into their productions so that they don't have to think, oh, God, this sounds too complicated and what do we do then? And we won't do it. And also, it, it eliminates the awkward conversation with somebody who may have chronic pain or arthritis or whatever to say, do you mind coming in and telling our story, story writers about what it's like to live with, you know, because not everybody wants to go into a deep dive of, yeah, I'm in constant pain all the time, highlighting things that they struggle yeah. with. Whereas if they've got this document, they can read it at their leisure, digest it, and then perhaps once they're a bit more informed, say, can we just talk to you about your experiences with arthritis so yeah. they don't have to drag up all the trauma i mean we've spoke to jasmine for for this sort of twin set of episodes and she said you know the trauma that she had from you know all the medications and stuff the, the color yellow she'll she gets the taste of the medicine that she had as a kid in her mouth so having to talk about all of that stuff to a complete stranger from teleland it's very triggering i know yeah it's very difficult so i, I think it must yeah. be really hard for pain as well because it's not something that is easily kind of communicated and explained to somebody outside of you you know mm. there's 
I, I mean, it, it's you know, because from... it's subjective. That's yeah, exactly. right. It's not objective. So when people say, you know, what pain are you putting now on a scale of one to 10? Oh, yeah. Well, one person might say 10, another person might say two. Mm. We don't know if that's down to their, yeah, I'm very, very highly pain tolerant. I don't want to let them know. I'm fearful if I say it's too much, then they'll want to try other stuff on me. Mm. So I'll, I'll either exaggerate it or I'll minimize it. And, and it, again, it's all subjective. And that's part of the problem. You know, you hear people who are in chronic pain going, oh, you know, women saying to men, well, oh, you don't know what it's like. You know, you tried childbirth, you know, this sort of things. That's sort of kind of diminishing their experience yeah. of pain because it is so subjective. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's a tough one for people to sort of, to, to understand and i do I, I hate it where you know when i have to go to, for, for medical appointments and they'll, they'll ask me you know where whereabouts is your pain and so i'm thinking where my pain is and because i've got it all the time i can't really pinpoint where my pain is i just know it hurts yeah and so you then you start questioning yourself thinking well am i, am I actually is it in, is it have yeah. i got pain or is it in my head <laughs> kind of thing. i don't know i am in pain but i can't exactly tell you where it is i just know it hurts so um and when you well that's interesting so when people say it's in your head i mean to a degree it is in your head yeah because all pain is got you know you've got brain receptors yeah. in your mind that tell you whether you're in pain or not so if you touch a burning hot object thankfully we have those receptors that make your hand move away very very quickly yeah. if we didn't have them we'd burn our hands yeah. you know we wouldn't know when to stop so they're there for a very good reason um so effectively all pain is in the head you know it's a stupid i hate that response to people yeah because it is to do the receptors in your mind but nevertheless it's felt physically in one part many parts of your body um and you can't deny that i mean surely we all live inside our own heads everybody's experience of everything is filtered through the brain you know and the mind and the experience it is but if you if you break a leg you know you can see the legs broken yeah. you know you look, a expect pain and b you can see a fracture snap you know you can x-ray and mm. see oh you know that's or whatever or you can just see it so there things that are more visible people are more tolerant about than things definitely. that can't be seen i've, think, I've definitely know. experienced that for myself um have am told on a regular basis that i don't look blind um and the difference in the way that i'm treated by society when i go outside with my guide dog as to the way that i was treated before i started using a guide dog and actually you know, yes, my sight's changed probably That's more, interesting, more yeah. recently, but when I first got my dog, uh, what, nearly eight years ago now, my sight, the, the difference between, you know, Wednesday when I didn't have the dog and the following Monday when I did, my sight hadn't changed dramatically, yet the, the way I was treated changed very noticeably. In, in a good way. Or just in a just a changed way both sides of the coin i'd say yeah um, i can see that yeah. definitely a lot i am noticed much more and people anticipate that i might need assistance and support and yeah. people are more forgiving i think of you know if i trip over something or knock into them or something like that um but i also 
get stared at and pointed at and have the same conversation with children over and over again about how she's a special dog and it's yeah. fine I like that's quite but, nice i oh, suppose no, no. for kids uh, yeah to it's... know that how amazing you know guide dogs are yeah and i i will always have those conversations with kids i think once you hit like if you're if you're like in your mid-20s i start to think it, this is not cute anymore. You can go and learn for yourself. Don't ask me <laughs> questions in the street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I sort of agree. And it's just sometimes I do feel yeah. like having a laminated sheet of here's a question, here's a frequently asked yeah. questions. Yeah. <laughs> Get yourself a little booklet. I know I had a friend who, who, um, extremely slightly sighted you know mm. has really poor eyesight and, and used the white stick and you said people are always shoving her across roads which she doesn't necessarily want to cross no. <laughs> you know, she's sort of standing there for a second and saying can i have it? and then they take you by the arm and you yeah. cross the road which she didn't really want to cross yeah. She's only paused for a second. <laughs> yeah. I have literally stood on corners before and people have come up and taken my arm and gone, come on, it's safe to cross. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm meeting my husband. What are you doing? <laughs> I know, I don't want to cross. If I'm my husband's my company or whatever. If my it's husband sees me crossing the road with another man, he's going to think, what's going on here? <laughs> it's so sad. It's people just being kind, but I can understand how that gets a bit sort of like... <laughs> I get little kids. One of my favourite ones of all time. This little, I walked past this little kid, and he was with his mom, and he looked at his mom, and he looked at me, and he said, "Mommy, is that woman a transformer?" I was like, "No, but that sounds pretty cool. I will use that." <laughs> it's, yeah, <laughs> it is amazing. I know parents get very embarrassed, don't they, when kids sort of say, "That's what kids say," yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like their interpretation of it without the kind of got to be really careful. It just makes me feel very, very sad when I and I still see it now occasionally, not as bad as I used to, but you do get the odd parent who still will snatch their child away and go, "Come along, we don't talk to people like that." And you think, "Oh, God. I can't believe that would still happen." Yeah, yeah, I still can't does. believe. And you think you're setting the that ignorance of yeah. people. I know. This is an well, like you're infectious. Yeah, like, you they, know, gonna like they get it. too close, they might catch cerebral palsy. <laughs> and that would be the thing is, you know, if these parents were seeing people like Lucy on their TV screens, it just it just demystifies it a little bit, doesn't it? And yeah. makes it less of a, oh my God, what's wrong with that person? And you just kind of, you know, as as human beings, we are usually kind of we avoid the things we don't that we don't understand and that are different from what we know because um but scary i suppose yeah i noticed that in the beginning of the pandemic because i'm classified as clinically extremely vulnerable because of the drugs that i'm on Mm -hmm. to manage my crohn's of course i got a vaccine both of my vaccines by uh beginning of january hurrah So they're all like 80 and I trot along and they kept trying to get me in the NHS staff queue and I'm going, no, no, it's Mm -hmm. it's because I'm CV. And I said it to a few people and it's worked my favour because I've been able to film certain things that I wouldn't have been able to if I hadn't had the vaccines. But people always say, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when you say I'm CV, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. But like, I don't know, it just feels (laughs) weird. I I say it's fine. You know, it's like... it's just one of those things, you know, it doesn't define me. I always love those 
those reactions because I sort of want to go, oh, this is your fault, is it? <laughs> oh, I, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> argument like that should be thinking twice to one here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no I think it's a great thing that um, you know versus arthritis are doing something like this because it, it just it just ha- it helps doesn't it really I mean I am always really disheartened when you watch things like Holby City for instance and it's a ho- it's a hospital and then yeah. it's like spot where's the wheelchair where's the yeah. You know. I know they're so sanitized. I mean, for anyone who's ever been, like, <laughs> anyone who's ever been in an emergency ward, oh god, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't look anything like casualty. Yeah, everybody's know, respectful. Like, nobody's drunk. <laughs> I was going to say, where are yeah. all the drunk people being <laughs> escorted out? That's what I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. I guess they. Anything that helps, you know, you know, boost about. I mean, all we're asking is for an accurate. Right, we don't want like television screens to be full of people with chronic illnesses. So you know, so that's all you ever see. No, exactly. I think Eamon Holmes did a good job actually admitting his and saying it, and you know, still waiting to hear as far as I know diagnosis. But it, re- I really saw people pouring out on Twitter sharing their their sort of stories and that's always a good start the feeling that you can say it you know and just it resonates and other people can say it and you know that's getting to a point where don't feel you've got to keep it yourself any longer that's always a good start do you think as well joe there's still this stigma around chronic pain and things like that where people are afraid to say you know, I, I am in pain and things. So when somebody like who is well-known and recognisable like Eamon Holmes goes, I've got chronic pain and I'm not afraid to tell you about it, then other people go, well, yeah, I've got it too, actually. Exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. It's sort of something I've just had to put up with. Um, and for someone like him who's, you know, some people don't want to say it, they're frightened of losing their jobs or whatever it might be. I mean, he clearly has been in, in extraordinary pain and then he decided right you know i've got a tv vehicle a daytime tv show that i can present this on and and get people talking about it and mm. you know i'm sorry for Eamon feeling the way that he does but at the same time i think he's you know he's he's got a lot of people huge numbers of people to feel included feel understood yeah to feel that can happen to anybody as well you know um joe in terms in terms of kind of psychological well-being and mental health what would your advice as a psychologist be to anybody who is feeling you know excluded or isolated because of their their chronic pain what would you what would you want to say to those people out there who might be listening now and who, you know, saw Eamon's sort of coming out story? And, and... I think first of all, I'd say share it, you know, like tell people what's going on. Don't think you've got to suffer in silence. Um, secondly, do get medical help, um, get a good advice. Don't be fobbed off. Um, make sure that, you know, perhaps you are referred to a consultant. Uh, you can find out what it is, you know, it took, three and a half years to find out or two and a half years I think for me to have Crohn's disease because I had it in later life you, mm. you people get it in their 20s mm. and I got it in my 40s 
so they just dismissed it. Like, well, it isn't, can't be Crohn's because you know, you're too old to develop Crohn's. It's yeah. the opposite of so, what happened to Jasmine, where you know they said, well, it can't be arthritis because yeah. she was a child. Yeah, exactly. So it's an uphill struggle if you don't fit the stereotype mm. to actually get diagnosed. So I would say persist with it. You know, look at all your options. Um, what do people recommend? Other things you can do for yourself? Are there things, you know, even down to things like mattresses in your home? Is it you? Should you be having a firm mattress or a softer mattress? Whatever it is, do whatever you can to help yourself. Find out as much as you can. Tell people what it's like. Go and seek uh, advice. Share it. Go on forums. Talk to others. Amazing what comes out of these things. Mm. Things you didn't even think about that someone suggests um that just might work for you and so that you you get into a position where you are you know knowledge is power you will be able to manage your chronic pain the best way that you can as an individual Mm. and and you know that's leading your best life really and that mention of forums actually makes me think of the uh no end insight void hashtag on twitter uh n-e-i-s void on twitter and that is a place for people with chronic illness and chronic pain to share experiences ask for help ask for advice um and that's a really welcoming community so i would encourage anybody who's listening who does think perhaps you know they they may have undiagnosed chronic illness or they they want some support or some advice about managing their pain and sort of their lives yeah yeah, check out the the no end insight void joe where can our listeners go to find out more about the versus arthritis campaign very good question alice they can go to versusarthritis.org fantastic Joe, are you are you you're taking you're on Twitter as well? Where can we where can our listeners find you? I'm on you? Twitter. I'm on at TV Psychologist. Um, so I'm very active on Twitter. It's the only one I am active on because I can't cope with more than one social media <laughs> platform. Well. That's great. Well, we we sh- our podcast will be following you imminently once we've uh, once we've fired up the Twitter. I, I shall be retweeting it if you tell me when it's on. Fantastic. I shall be sending no, it out there. We definitely will. We definitely will. Um th- t- t- this afternoon Joe has been a little pep talk for me and my uh, <laughs> my pain. You know, come on, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. So thank you so <laughs> much. Oh, that's nice. It's been oh, a lovely no, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Labeled Podcast. If you like the show, please rate, review and subscribe. You can follow us on social media at Labeled Podcast. Our thanks go to our editor, Adam Hall, our music composer, Maisie Crunden, and our graphic designer, Sarah Coley. We'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.